Avengers! Hello everyone and welcome back to Excelsior, the world's number one Marvel's Avengers podcast. I'm your director, Christian Buckley, here for your episode on April 3rd, 2021 with the Apex legend, Jack Martin. Excelsior Christian, a very happy April Fool's uh, couple days past to you, my friend. Yeah, you know what's funny? This is a slightly off topic, but I was talking to uh, my girlfriend last night. And she was like, I can't believe, like, April Fool's is even acknowledged anymore. And I was like, in the gaming space, this is my most dreaded day of the year. I don't know who decided in the games industry to just make April Fool's Day a thing. But I was like, yeah, other people probably don't care about April Fool's. They don't have to worry about it. So my thing with April Fool's Day is I don't hate it as much as everyone else does. Because there are some cool things that come out of it. Because at this point, you're right. Everyone just knows about it right like no one's people do get fooled but uh not as much because everyone everyone is just incredibly anxious that day but like for example with uh control the remedy game they had like a really cool playstation one effect and they uh released like a a few minutes of gameplay of control which came out in 2019 what that would look like as a playstation one game so that's they, they got some small cool little things on april fool's day that i appreciate yeah, that's the thing. I, first, I saw it first when I woke up, and then I was like, oh, right. So, thankfully, yeah. though, uh, Marvel's Avengers was not hit with any April Fool's Day things. I'm pretty sure the MCU was hit with some April Fool's Day posts uh, recently, but we aren't talking about any of that stuff. This is an official real news podcast for Marvel and Marvel's Avengers. Uh, we have standards. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we will be covering, of course, some updates on the game Clint, a new insight into how skins are going to be working, specifically the MCU skins, and of course in the later half of the show, going over Episode 3 of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But as we do every week, we're going to kick the show off the way we normally do with Fury's report, running through the missions and what's new this week with Marvel's Avengers. If you want to hop in and grind out some gear, the low power level mission is the Inhuman Condition. I cannot tell you which one that is. I know I've read that one for many of our episodes, Jack, but that's the low power one. I want to say that's the like threat level or the threat sector mission in Utah, maybe in like the canyon area where you got to go help the Inhumans. Okay, I was you also th- just ever forget that there are Inhumans in this game. <laughs> I know, dude. I thought about that like at the end of the Hawkeye expansion. I was like, remember when this game's thing was the Inhumans? Like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, because like that's the whole Ms. Marvel's in, in Inhuman, and that's the whole like sort of guiding theme of this game. And a big portion of this is like protecting Inhumans after they're being like experimented on by AIM. And you mm-hmm. kind of forget that months removed from this game because that's not really a, a, a thing you pay attention to. Yeah, but um, the other thing for this week, the high power level mission is Our Town, which once again, I in my mind, Jack, I thought the Inhuman one was like, maybe that's the one with like the suburbs in Utah. And then there's Our Town, which that's, has town that's the in the one. name. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. The, in like, the I think that's... That's like the only way you can access that area in the map is like, yeah, the suburban area in Utah with like a weird lab there as well. I Mm -hmm. believe that's our town. Yes. Well, if you want to get some high power level missions in this week, that is your first one. And if you do the harm room challenges this week, any level of it, you will be rewarded with 
The Incredible Hulk, number 25 from 2001. But Jack, the marketplace is up to something this week. Give us a rundown. What's up with the marketplace right now? So Christian, we <laughs> we talked last week about the potential of having similar skins across the board for each character, almost we like did. a uniform. We did. Yeah, we talked about how like Stark Tech at the end of the Avengers like main mich- uh, main quest line, you get everyone has like Stark Tech uh outfits Mm -hmm. and you can basically put them all on all your characters so like your home screen when you open up the game everyone kind of looks the same right yeah we were talking about the potential for the mcu skins to maybe do that and maybe war for wakanda everyone has i think you mentioned this everyone has like nanotech wakandan vibranium armor so that when you boot up the game and you equip that on all your characters if you choose to get all those everyone kind of looks the same and it's nice and neat right Mm -hmm. so that potential has already been achieved because Marvel's Avengers, Square Enix, Crystal Dynamics decided to release the aerospace outfits for each and every character. Uh, and to describe that, it is basically a white and gold themed skin for each character. Some look better than others, let me tell you. <laughs> um so yeah basically every character you can get one of these uh for every character i believe they're 900 credits mm-hmm. they're not like the 1400 ones yeah. um and you can mix and match you can get them for all your characters if you want or just a certain amount and yeah that's they they did it they did it christian now i think we have multiple takeaways here the first and most important one obviously being that the world's number one marvel's avengers podcast has some pull when it comes to crystal and square so um you're welcome but yeah. um yeah they, they pulled that around in a week christian yeah really impressive you know like mm-hmm. crystal you hit, just call us you know like w- w- i'm not doing anything <laughs> yeah you don't need to subtweet us you can yeah. you can add us <laughs> um but m- more importantly i i think this is an awesome idea honestly like we i we talked about it last week i forgot we did but yeah this is i think this is exactly the right idea of what to do with the marketplace going forward like maybe we don't have something like this every week but they did post in the War Table blog. Uh, they showed all the suits. They showed the full lineup, and there are, are two in the shop right now. It is Iron Man and Cap, and they're going to be adding the other ones in the coming weeks, right? Mm-hmm. I think I would, so. I would love if we just, every time we got through a full set, it's like, okay, here's this new set, you know, and then, like, check in, see when uh, your main is going to get their outfit, you know? Like, I think that's a super cool strategy for this because the Avengers are supposed to be a team, and I feel like teams should have some sort of, like, congruousness to them, I guess, if that's even a word. But, like, yeah. Ultron in the MCU, in Age of Ultron, like, Stark kind of, like, gave them all updated suits, right, for the Avengers. Like, that's cool. Do that more, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. I think this is a really great initiative that they're doing. Um, I wholeheartedly believe by... At a certain point in time, there will be, hey, get the aerospace outfit bundle for X amount of dollars, where yes. instead of just, you know, manually purchasing, uh, you can get all of these skins for whatever, however much money it ends up being. But yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that the vendors are a team, like what you said. And mm-hmm. if you want to, you should be able to customize them in a way that um, there is a level of parity. So <laughs> this is, this game, for all intents and purposes, right now, 
in April of 2021. This is a single-player game, and you're jumping into these war zones with your Avengers. And if you want to jump in with your Avengers that all look very similar with their skins, you can do that um, through this. So I think that's really cool. Um, that's a very interesting way to implement skins. And even if these aren't all home runs, which we'll get to, it's a great first step at adding some parity between uh, your team members in terms of uh, customizing them. So, yeah, it's a really cool thing. Yeah, and I'm, I think you're right to point out, like saying it's a great first step because I truly, I hope that this is the beginning of an initiative. I hope this isn't just like a one-off. Like they're like, hey, what if they all look like they're from space? You know, like mm-hmm. I hope there's more to that um, because I do think, you know, maybe again, a Halloween set, you know, for the holidays might be nice. Pumpkins, baby. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll have to wait and see, but I think this is super, super fun, you know, and I genuinely... I like most of them in this Yeah, set. do you, do you want to go over some highlights and some sure. uh, maybe not so highlights? Uh, I think Hulk looks wonderful. He's got like a, a wrestling onesie on. That looks so so great, I think. Yeah, I was I was going to say it looks like he has looks like he's about to ball up. Looks like he has like a basketball jersey on. Yeah, he looks fantastic. Um I agree. I think the Hawkeyes look awesome too. Like I like um Clint's uh uh balaclava ski mask <laughs> thing that he's got right like Good so point. uh having it white and gold is cool i think kate looks great also um thor also very good i think that's a good instance of like a more asgardian looking build with the color scheme because we've seen these thor skins in the past i'll probably get that one because i like it a lot but um yeah and he's got the classic uh thor helmet on from the comics which i always love to see so i agree with you i think thor is a good one too Oh yeah, um, I think Cap looks fine. Widow, uh, I can't think of. I think Kamala looks good too. It's really, I can't think of Widows. I think Caps is fine, and then Tony's is funny. Yeah, Tony. We I think we did talk about this last week too with the ridiculously designed skin from the comics that he he has like the cartoon eyes and looks like a a kid kind of drum. Mm-hmm. Um, a very divisive skin but if you like that it's here and it's white and gold now um i'm looking at the whole team right now and black widow's skin sticks out to me because it looks very similar to her stark tech skin from the end of the main campaign so it is kind of a little reskinned but overall i think if you're i'm looking at the uh the tweet that they put out which is kind of like a 10 second video of them just standing at the home screen I think if you look at the team as a whole, it looks really good and really put together. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited for the future of this. I hope they keep doing stuff like this. Um, I don't know if I would personally buy all of the skins for each character because that'd be a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe if there's a bundle along the way and maybe it's, I don't know, like what you were saying about the Wakandan uh, potential skin where everyone just has vibranium armor, maybe that's that's enough for me to be like, this just looks cool. Uh, Maybe I'll just do that to start up the home screen with. So yeah, um, I think bigger and better stuff is uh, coming from this if they keep choosing to do this. Uh, But this is a really good um, first uh, step in the initiative, I think. Yeah, and I know you're an Iron Man main, and I know you hate the design of that suit, but uh, (laughs) you lucked out because the campaign gave you a white and gold 
Iron Man suit, and that's one of my favorite Iron Man suits in the game, personally. So yeah, the the one from the uh, Cap Rescue mission from space, mm-hmm. that one is really really excellent. And when you first put that on in the campaign, it's like wow, this is nothing I've seen before for Iron Man. So yeah, you're right, you're totally right. Yeah, and I, I'm sure if you had that suit on, he'd look like he fits perfectly fine with the lineup. So yeah, um, you mentioned though the. Um, the idea of a bundle, right? Like, I, I think that's interesting um, because we also had a little bit of insight this week about the MCU skins. So mm-hmm. uh, the MCU skins have been clarified similar to the way that in the past we were clarified that the War for Wakanda expansion is free. Um, the skins for the MCU that are coming with the Red Room challenge takeover it, they are going to be marketplace only. Um, now, I think there's in the wording here, there's enough room that maybe we could earn like the white Black Widow suit from doing the harm room challenge. But I I think like if you want like, the Iron Man MCU skin, you have to buy that. Yeah. So the tweet specifically reads, quote, to clarify the outfits inspired by the Marvel Cinematic Universe will be available exclusively in the marketplace for purchase with credits, end quote. So it is pretty solid that for the most part, this is like the Xbox Bethesda conversation. You can Mm -hmm. probably just expect that most of these, if not all of them, they're pretty much saying all of them will be purchasable and not earnable. Um, Maybe like what you said, there is enough leeway or they could backtrack and be like, hey, one or two of these will be earnable or free. Um, but for the most part, yes, these will be purchase- purchasable skins that you need to pay for with the credits either you've earned or purchased with your own money. Right. And I would say, honestly, expect that. But yeah, I, there's absolutely a world where I could see like there's two Black Widow skins. One is for the new movie through the challenge. And then the other one is like, in the marketplace it's like her classic i don't know avengers one look maybe or infinity war i don't know but uh yeah so i know you were a little down that there's not going to be any earnable skins i know we kicked around the idea of battle passes to earn a slew of mcu skins in the past but um i think this is an instance of i absolutely will want all of them and considering well, there probably won't be one for Kate, but considering there's what, or maybe there won't be one for Kamala either. There's going to be six. That's like what, fourteen hundred? You'd assume across six characters. It's math I can't do in my head, Christian. I'll tell you what. So if it's fourteen hundred equates to fifteen bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, let me pull up the old that's, calculator. That's eighty four hundred. That's eighty four hundred. Let me pull up the old calculator. 15 times 6. That's $90. Yep. Uh, I hope there's a pack. I really hope there's a pack. I'm sure there will be. Now, how much that pack will be, Yeah. I don't know. If it's... Here's the thing, Jack. Do you have a cutoff point? Like, if how, so... how expensive do they all have... Or does this theoretical pack have to be for you to be like, I'm not doing this? It's a dangerous game, Christian, but... yeah. Um, I don't want to because we know Crystal Dynamics. They're listening. I don't want to. I don't want to highball them here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, realistically, if I really wanted all of the skins, and they were like, we have a bundle for twenty dollars, which is, by the way, 
what is that a third of the overall game itself mm-hmm. i think that's that's something i would consider i think 20 dollars. i think that is something i would consider for skins for mm-hmm. skins i think mm-hmm. that for a 60 dollar game i think that is reasonable in my opinion what about you oh boy um <laughs> high ball christian i knew you were gonna go higher yeah i know i know i know um, but go for it say it i don't want to say the word the listen i spent how much did i spend on this game at launch it wasn't like 70 or 80 bucks i think yeah i because the thing is if I, there's only six avengers jack there's the six main mcu avengers i love all the new ones but like there's the six core ones so many memories to them uh do i need the jeremy renner hawkeye outfit no no but like i would i would like it so considering there's a world where buying them piecemeal is 90 bucks i would maybe settle somewhere around 50 dollars oh i know that's high that's basically a full game jack is this worth it it's not but that i think 50 is my cutoff for the pack right so like realistically yeah when when i first reacted to this i was very hot i was because the game's at such a fragile state like what we talked about that any bad news is just already under a microscope and it is just not good to put that out there um it is good that they're communicating about that and we can set our expectations now but when i first saw that i was like i can't believe like i can't believe they keep just shooting themselves in the foot with this um it's not terrible and i think we were expecting for the most part that these skins would be a way for them to just monetize um the game with microtransactions like that's kind of an expectation um i think just the fact that they were saying hey nothing basically without necessarily saying it outright none of these skins will be earnable did disappoint me a little bit because i do think it would be a really cool thing like what you're saying with the black widow uh red room event coming out in may or in the springtime for them to be like hey if you want to do all the challenges associated with this drop um you get a skin out of it you get the new black widow skin or you get the phase one black widow skin whatever they want I think that's a really good way of having people come back to the game and earn stuff uh, and earn tangible things like skins. But yeah, for the most part, sure, sell the MCU skins. I think everyone was sort of expecting that. But the the phrasing of mostly all of these will be uh, exclusive to the marketplace for purchase didn't sit well with me when I first read it. I've eased off, I've eased off a little bit because realistically, I think we all expected that going in, but... It'd be nice if they had a few earnable MCU skins. I think that could go a long way for a game that has a, a uphill battle, and I think it would just be a few nice steps along the way. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, after when you were saying that, I was thinking realistically about what even MCU skins they'd probably put in the game and which ones I like enough that I'd buy. Um I don't know if there are any, <laughs> but I would still buy this, you know? So, like, I think you, you're that just proves your point. Like, this game uh, clearly underperformed financially, and I think the MCU skins are that silver bullet right now, um, especially because we aren't paying for the Wakanda expansion. 
So, like, maybe I'll, I'll try to justify it as, like, it's a good faith purchase, you know? I, I like the Hawkeye content. I'm, I'm excited for Wakanda. I would have paid for Wakanda, so... <laughs> Yeah. Don't tell them these things, Christian. You got to stop telling them these things. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but um, because we, you know, we are fans of the game and uh, we do enjoy this enough to pay ridiculous amounts of money for skins based on the MCU, um, it's worth to note that I'm still playing the game over the last week. I uh, finally got Clint to 50 fully, and I don't remember if I did that last week, but. He is maxed out. He has all the skill points. All the skill trees are chosen. And currently, he's at power level 100. So, nice. Uh, um, looking forward to that finishing off. I, but. I also got Clint to 50. Um, I'm at the point... Thank you, thank you. I'm at the point where I got to 50. I have all the skills available. I don't think I understand his character enough to type out him in a specific way for him to be useful for what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, either I don't understand it or I don't think his character might be, not be that good. Maybe it's just, it's probably me not understanding it, but once you get to the nitty gritty with the mastery, uh, you know, sort of skill trees in that section, you really have to know the character to be like, all right, what are my criticals going to be? What is my support going to do in this particular situation? That sort of thing. And mm-hmm. I didn't really quite grasp Hawkeye in such a tangible way for me to effectively map out his skills uh, maybe I have to use them a little bit longer but i don't see myself doing that uh i think power level he's like in the 80s maybe um and i probably won't push him past that uh too much further but i am going after his uh his challenge card uh which i always do with my characters very nice um yeah i think like i i really ended up clicking i think with clint and i thought i clicked with kate really well but I, I just think that, like, maybe it's because I'm more actively trying to play him this way, but I feel like I'm playing Hawkeye the way that Hawkeye operates in other Marvel content of, like, he's, always, he's like, running around the battlefield. He's just, like, kind of keeping a distance from everything. And that's what I've been doing, really. Like, I, I think because of those mastery skills, I'm going to tackle it to be, like, ranged support and crowd control because I did go for the fire tornado, so, like, Hell yeah. Um, that that works well for like clearing ads. And then, you know, we have the support skill in the L1 that I uh, I think I selected the option to like boost intrinsic or overcharge or um, maybe the overcharge uh, thing activates with the, the healing ring. I forget what I, do, I chose. But yeah, I, I've been playing him ranged uh, more so than Kate. So like I've really been just, you know, flying a perch, especially in the harm rooms, you know, going up on one of the pillars and then just yeah. like sniping people so it's a lot of fun i like him a lot and i'm hopeful that playing that character this way in a team-based raid scenario uh will make me feel like a like a good old hawkeye in (laughs) avengers one you know that's exactly how i play iron man in this game where i'll boost up either like just hover and shoot my missiles from afar Mm -hmm. um because they deal like a ton of damage and a lot of splash damage too or I will find like a perch, like what you said, mount my uh, Iron Man up there, put like a barrier next to me that does uh, intrinsic, like it ups my intrinsic and like helps it replenish and just like hit people from afar and just do that and just stay out of the fray. So that's really, it's really funny that we both seem to be sort of long range sniping characters. Mm-hmm. And like, 
I uh, I also I finally did finish that like Hulk iconic quest. Like I did the big abomination boss fight with Hulk, um, who was very underleveled. I did that this week, but like Hulk, I think, and Thor to an extent. But like even with Thor, I played Thor pretty ranged. Like I I relied on throwing Mjolnir all the time, and then like just pinning people and doing like thunder AOEs, and then people that are close to me, I just punch them. So like I I did like a really a kind of a balance like his stats were great on melee and range but i focused on melee or range more um but even then i feel like i you know he's a, a character that you should be playing melee probably but i don't mm. know i just really like how range works in this game for some reason it just clicks i i agree um and i think the hawkeye characters are re- like you can really strike a good balance between melee and range because they have both Kate and Clint both have some really good uh, swords and some sword abilities. Um, I actually think Clint may be more so than Kate, um, mm-hmm. but they both have some cool uh, ranged abilities in terms of just their base range attacks as well as their abilities that you can use. Yeah, so I, I'm very excited to see a character like Black Panther come into play because as far as I know, I don't think Black Panther will get any ranged attacks i'd love if like the l2 r2 ability for t'challa would be like pouncing that'd be super fun but yeah yeah i can't see like a ranged like projectile attack with him so maybe some like nanotech gadgets but yeah i agree with you it's it's probably along he's probably along the lines more of um a lot of people said captain america but i think black panther's even more of like a brawler type character yeah because cap definitely has the shield still and that's that's pretty key for range attacks you know so right but excited to see the future because again all these characters play fantastically but um dipping into stark realities for a quick moment we've talked a lot about uh monetization skins and cosmetic stuff for the game this week but we do have some new content being added to the game this week through patch 1.5.1 uh, which include flashback missions. Did you hear about this, Jack? You're going to have to explain this to me. Um, is this is this flashback missions in terms of playing through a campaign mission? So I'm not 100% sure because I haven't played one yet, but uh, I will read through the description from the War Table blog patch notes. Um, flashback missions show up on a daily rotation and can only be completed once a day. The rewards from these missions will now include legendary set gear if the hero is above power level 100. Gear slots will be determined by the mission in rotation for that day. For example, the Along Came a Spider mission will grant either a ranged or melee slot legendary item, while the next day's Mistaken Identity mission will grant a defense or heroic legendary item from the same set. Um... I believe it is not campaign missions. I think it is just other missions that, you know, pop up from time to time on the war table. But they will have better equipped, uh, better set roles for the stuff you can get from it. Which, like, I I think this is welcome because it's not too different from the way it was normally working. Um, But... This is good, I think, planting the seeds for when gear 2.0 hits because you'll have a better set way of farming gear and having better, like more sure of an idea of what you're getting out of it, you know? Yeah, this is one of those things where 
they'll announce something and I don't quite <laughs> understand what it is as as it often goes for this game. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, gear is kind of a mess. Uh, I, I figured that out with specifically with Hawkeye. Um, I mean, you do this for every character, but I was going through with Hawkeye and the the grind to 150 doesn't really net you any useful gear until you get the 130 gear, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't even pay attention to it until you actually get like the high-end gear. And I was listening to Paul Tassi's video on Outriders, which is another um, sort of, I think, live service game uh, where like gear and Destiny-like and Avengers-like systems are in play. Um, and he was saying that unlike Avengers which he covers a lot of, uh, a lot of the gear in Outriders is important even before the high-level stuff, and you can you pay attention to it more, and it matters more than it does in Adventures, which is, which is saying something, because you really don't care enough about your character and how they're specced out until you get to the high-end stuff, uh, which is a little upsetting, so... Yeah, I think this might be a good step in the direction of them sort of rehauling that for uh, future updates in terms of uh, gear. Yeah, because as far as I know, uh, the way Outriders approaches it is similar to the way Destiny approaches it, where like you're getting guns that have specific quirks to them. Um, and, you know, in Destiny, the gear you're getting is... You are getting, you know, armor, which does have uh, perks and stuff like that, the way Avengers does, but you do have a more immediate feeling because you're seeing the gun it looks like the gun you rolled it has the effects of the gun you rolled and then it impacts the way you're playing and your elemental damage and stuff like that where avengers you don't see it you know um there are sure there's elemental modifiers to certain pieces of gear but like to my knowledge there hasn't been a scenario where there's been a boss that you need to have pin particles to do effectively, you know, like it, it seems like it's just for funsies, you know, the, the modifiers they have where something like a destiny. And from what I hear of outriders, outriders, it's like, Hey, you rolled this piece immediately. You're going to see it. You're going to see what it does. And you're going to feel the differences it has to gameplay where that is clearly not a strength of Avengers. We've, barely talked about gear since launch of this game you and i um it's mainly just like how combat and the combos and all that stuff works and the way you think playing the game and gear good gear in a game should you know modify the way you think of that but yeah clearly here it's not not great yeah now that i'm reading this more it sounds like like they've been talking about giving players a lot more choice uh, i think specifically with cosmetics but uh gear they want to implement that too it seems like like what they're saying like one day might be um a defense uh legendary and another day might be a heroic so for me with iron man i want to spec out my range so for me i would really only pay attention to the ranged days for um the legendary drops uh, of the missions whereas for captain america i'm much more of a brawler um and a mix of heroic as well with his heroic abilities so i'd be paying attention on those days for him um so that's it's a good step it's not quite there of what we want but it is it seems way less random than 
just jumping into a hive or like a vault and being like, well, I hope I get the gear that I need. Um, Because so more often than not, you'll complete those missions with utterly useless gear items that are super powerful, but not for your character. So it it feels bad to sort of delete those when you don't need them. But sometimes you'll get super powerful. um, Not what's above legendary? Is it epic? No, epic's below. Exotic. heroic exotic yeah you'll get exotic gear that is just utterly useless to you and that's after doing like the mega hive right so yeah there's definitely a gear problem i think this is um a good little step um i am curious how they're going to market that and explain which days are for which um but yeah i guess i guess we'll have to see uh maybe by next week we'll understand this a little bit more yeah, and uh, the one last thing I'll say on this is I can see a world where this is this sort of uh, certainty becomes irrelevant with Gear 2.0 because I know a lot of people, myself included, really want to see Gear 2.0 bring on like a, a crafting system in a way that will allow you to spend resources to re-roll perks. Um, so like say nanites maybe like uh spend 1500 nanites and you can re-roll one of the three perks for this exotic iron man chest piece and then you'll get a you have a better chance of getting the perk or the buff that you wanted rather than having to grind it out again you know so i i think a system like that being in place sort of eliminates the need for maybe this specific type of hey you want a defense gauntlet come do this you know so like we'll see how long this persists i look at this the way i look at the way tachyon rifts were added kind of um at least those brought on a new elemental type but like um very minimal you're probably barely gonna notice this if you just pick the game back up and you put it down for a couple weeks but uh worth noting that there could be implications here for the coming content totally um well that about does it for avengers for the week but meanwhile Stuff's going on with Marvel as a whole. Um, Two things I wanted to shout out this week. I saw that Marvel Comics is rebooting or kicking off a new run of Moon Knight ahead of the Oscar Isaac show, which uh, is pretty cool. I might check that out. I'm not super familiar with Moon Knight outside of the the meme about Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a really good, like, marketing opportunity um, just to have the brand synthesis we've been talking about on the show with uh, certain things. So, yeah, it's cool. Um, I know next to nothing about Moon Knight. I don't think I've ever seen him show up in any of the crossover event comics uh, I've read. Maybe I wasn't paying attention, but he's never played, like, a super major role. So haven't really paid attention to him basically until the Oscar Isaac news. So um, maybe I'll check it out if uh, there's some good buzz about this Moon Knight comic. Then, yeah, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, because I I'm like I'm slightly familiar. I think I had like a Marvel visual dictionary when I was younger, or maybe he might have been in an Ultimate Alliance. But he's basically like Batman, uh, but he has like the spirit of some Egyptian god with him or something. Like, he's pretty cool. He's a pretty cool character. I don't want to misspeak, but is is I know mental health plays a lot into his character. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe earlier. I don't know if this was redone, but I believe. Uh, he was associated to have schizophrenia mm-hmm. or like his powers sort of manifested in that way, I believe. Um, 
but I'm pretty sure that was reconfigured uh, over the last decade from some research I did when uh, the the show was actually announced. I like dipped back in and I was like, okay, let's see what's up with Moon Knight. And um, gotcha. yeah, I, I also noticed that he has like a new, not in this run, but he typically has like a, just a pure white costume, big cape, big hood. I think about the time probably of them sort of reworking some of his origin, he shifted to having like an Agent 47 look to him. And like Ooh. he had just like a a white tuxedo and a white mask with a crescent moon on the forehead. So like I don't know what approach they're taking. Both of them are cool though. Yeah. So. I, I I'm interested to see what the tone of both the comics and the upcoming MCU project will be, because I there's so many different tones I can picture. Uh like a reverence or just like super serious. Yeah. Um like Batman esque. So I, I don't even know what they're gonna go with for that character. So uh yeah, this his character has me interested because I know next to nothing about Moon Knight. So uh, maybe I will check this out. I eagerly anticipating the Oscar Isaac Moon Knight project. So yeah, this is cool news. Hell yeah! Uh, the other thing I saw floating around a lot recently is that apparently Daisy Ridley has been having talks with Marvel Studios. Interesting. Do you have Wouldn't... any wish for her? Um. Hmm. Cast me, baby, one more time. Yeah, cast me, baby, one run. <laughs> cast me baby one more time i think felicia hardy maybe Ooh, that could i be good. i think hmm uh is spider woman a white woman in the comics i believe, I believe so yeah okay um maybe spider woman i i immediately just jumped to spider-man i don't know why but <laughs> yeah uh something along those lines uh, my hope for daisy ridley is that um they give her a fleshed out character uh, because I think she's an incredible actor. And uh, by the end of Rise of Skywalker, I didn't care for Rey as much as I would have, uh, as much as I did at the end of Episode Seven. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Disney treated her character um, as well as it should have, and I don't think it fleshed her out enough. And the ways that they did flesh her out was, I don't think. Uh, good ways to do and i i think they sort of fumbled her character so uh wishing all the best for daisy ridley because i think she's great yeah i'd love to see her in like an x-men role or something um honestly yeah something that's decently chunky uh, you know like giving her some stuff to work with and having some importance to the universe because i think she'd be a great addition honestly her and uh tom holland recently shared the screen i think chaos walking is a movie so oh yeah hey Maybe they had some rapport. Maybe they show up in another project together. That'd be cool. Yeah, Black Cat. Let's see. Yeah. Oh man, dude, Black Cat needs to be in the MCU. Yeah, she'll she'll come eventually. I'm sure. I was so sad that she was in the Spider-Man Two video game, but never in the Sam Raimi <laughs> movie universe. I'm like, she was so cool in that game, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she's never got. I don't think she's ever been in the live action any spider-verse movies so did did you know that felicia hardy's in the amazing spider-man 2 though (laughs) yes she's played by um she's played by jen urso's actress isn't her name felicity jones oh felicity jones yeah Uh, yeah yeah that was very subtle like (laughs) hey next time baby yep oh boy well uh we also this week have our third episode of falcon the winter soldier so why don't we dive into the third episode 
Uh, Spoiler-free, of course, general thoughts out the gate. Jack, what did you think of the third episode? So this is the only episode so far that I've only seen once before recording. Um, I thought it was good. Um, It didn't blow me away in any particular way. Uh, I thought some of the action scenes were very interestingly filmed, specifically uh, with um, Sharon Carter showing up. They had a really cool above the shot um, shot from one of the cameras, and I thought they sort of handled that action set piece pretty well. Um, a lot of building, it seemed, in this episode. It wasn't... Like, we, we got some answers from, from some things, but um, some characters were sort of sidelined to build what was going on with other characters. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was an enjoyable episode. I think it was um, a step towards what we're going for for this show, and uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I don't think it blew me away as much as maybe the first episode did, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was a great episode. What do you, what do you think, Christian? I greatly enjoyed the episode um, because I think this episode sort of rooted itself more in what my other expectation and hope for the show was uh, outside of, you know, addressing the issues of racial injustice. I also wanted to feel like a follow-up to Winter Soldier, the film, and like more so than Civil War ever did. And I'm feeling that this episode, Jack. I, to me, this episode really was like, hey, we still know how to do a, like, Captain America, the Winter Soldier type story and tone and um, just sequence of storytelling. And it really worked for me because it just, like, it just, it felt like I was watching Winter Soldier still. Like, I really loved the feelings they were throwing at me with this episode. Um, take Like, from a step back... Yeah, you're absolutely right. Not a lot happened here. Um, it really felt like a, you know, we're getting from point A to point B. Next week will be point B, and this was the in between. Um, but yeah, I think it was uh, pretty good. I really enjoyed it. So there were a lot of moments for me where I sort of glazed over like what was happening. The whole uh, Madripoor sequence from them getting in the car to them escaping right up until Sharon Carter, I was like, I don't really understand what's happening here. It is a lot of like, hey, we need to do this thing to get to this thing so we can do that, right? It's kind of expository heavy, and um, Anthony Mackie's drinking something from a snake, and I'm like, we're playing Snake Eater at the same time. This yeah. is a little weird crossover. Um, but yeah, that there were some parts of this where I wasn't... Um, I had to rewind a few times where I was like, what is even happening right now? Um, mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily like a bad thing and um episodes building to something also is not necessarily a bad thing um it just it doesn't really stick out to my mind from uh sort of what the previous episodes are doing like episode one i think is a for the most part is fairly slow and it's a lot of character and world building and i loved that uh for this episode in particular um isn't my favorite so far but uh enjoyed it i especially enjoyed all the Zemo stuff. I, I think they're handling his character very well. Yeah, I, I thought it was just... It had a, a good, like... It was having fun, you know, the whole time. Yeah. Um, and we, we can dip into spoilers now for sure. But, yeah, I... I really liked the... I Just all the planning. Like, it felt like a Mission Impossible type thing. Like, hey, we gotta get this done. We gotta just break out. Um, and 
you know, like they were doing a bit of undercover work. So that was really cool. I liked just the general what we were doing, you know, set piece wise, I enjoyed. Um, and it did feel like it was touching back to more of that espionage stuff that I think Winter Soldier did better. But, uh, you know, we haven't seen much of since then. Uh, so I really, really enjoyed that. And seeing Zemo um, fleshed out, I, I want to hear what you think about that. Because, like, there's that line when uh, I think Sam is like, oh, so suddenly you're rich, you know? Like, because Zemo in Civil War, I feel like at least the way they portrayed him, seemed like he was a guy that might have worked at an office, you know, and just, like, had a bad day with his family getting axed by the Avengers. But, uh, I, what did you think of fleshing out his um, his personal life, his wealth, and his, his family pull as a character? I think that's a fair critique of this because you're right, in Civil War, the, he was one of the, I think at the time of that movie's release, he was probably the best villain in the MCU. Uh, yeah, because I, I still he, think he's up there. Oh yeah, he's he's top three to top five, uh, for sure. Uh, because he accomplished his goal, and like you were saying, he was. Um, I think we knew from his past that he was somehow a part of maybe Hydra or uh, not maybe not Hydra, but he was a soldier at some point or another, probably. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, he wasn't a man of prominence that we really understood uh, in the comics. He, I think, he was known as Baron von Zemo, so. Uh, they're integrating that into his character now and a lot of his wealth does seem like it is hey we need a plane ride somewhere he's Mm -hmm. rich (laughs) he's got a plane so he can do that um i kind of looked beyond that a little bit because i really love that actor and i think he plays that character very well um it is definitely different than his like sort of smooth talking um with like the hotel uh, waiter or just sort of he was very manipulative in civil war and to an extent he is in this as well. Um, I don't think we've seen a lot of that yet. I think we've seen a little bit with uh, everything that happened in Madripoor, but um, I just think the way he speaks and the way he interacts with people is uh, really interesting because he just has the sense of he can kind of manipulate people into doing things like he, even though he doesn't have like full control over Bucky, he still is telling him what to do, and he's recalling, like Winter Soldier, are you are you ready to act attack now? Yeah. And Bucky has agency, but he's like, well, I I guess I do have to do this, and uh, yeah, I I do like the idea of Zemo still sort of pulling the strings in his own in his own unique way. Yeah, I think like I really like Zemo. Uh, he was him and T'Challa. I thought were the highlights of Civil War, but seeing Zemo uh, further characterized this way, it was definitely, it was an ask. It was like, hey, either you're cool with this or you're not going to like it. Of like, he's also rich. Because I, I am familiar with Baron Von Zemo as the comic character. And I remember at the time of Civil War, people were like, oh, this isn't like what he is in the comics. Um, and I'm cool with it personally. I think it's, you know, he's a really good villain in Civil War. So if you want to continue to use this character, I think you have to sort of make him more than just He's a guy who had a bad day, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. He was a soldier in the past. So I, the logical jumps aren't too much for me. Um, it was definitely something that I was like, am I cool with this? Yeah, it's fine. This is, I'm cool with this, you know? Um, 
but I, I really liked, you know, uh, he, they gave, they made him kind of charming, you know, like they gave him a, a swagger and, uh, a, an amount of charm that makes sense why in civil war he was able to be that manipulative, right? Like, see, he's, he's still doing it here. You know, it's not to the same extent of like he mentioned with the winter soldier, uh, mind control stuff, but he's still, you know, he's sweet talking the, the bar guy, the, uh, the, um, the, not the broker, but whoever he, the, whoever got shot in that meeting, right? Like yeah. he's, he's talking his way through a lot of problems. Yeah. Even, um, Sam, when they were on the plane and, uh, he was talking about Marvin Gaye and I love that back and forth, by the way. Yeah, with, that's uh, great. <laughs> with Sam and, uh, Bucky and Bucky's like, yeah, it's good. And Sam was like, yeah, well, Cap loved it. Cap was a big Marvin Gaye fan. And Bucky's like, it's great. It's fine. Right. Okay, fine. And then Baron Zemo was like, he's right. It is a really, <laughs> it's a really great piece of music. And, mm-hmm. and Sam was like, he's out of his, he's out of line right now, but yeah, I mean, he's right. <laughs> so he even has a way of, uh, getting the main characters to sort of empathize with him in small different ways so yeah i think they're using his character well and um i hope by the end of this they don't mar his character from what we saw from civil war because as we've been talking about like he is one of the one of the standout villains in the mcu for just being a a, a dude who sort of lost it all and like he's not a super powerful soldier he um he comes from wealth but he from in Civil War, we didn't get that he used that wealth in a particular way to achieve his goals. He he just sort of manipulated people and um, used people to achieve his ends, and um, was wasn't really doing it for anything beyond uh, revenge. And um, yeah, I, I think he's a compelling character. I hope they uh, I hope they do him justice by the end of this. Yeah, on a like a similar coin though. Like I hope they don't go full blown like. I'll get you next time, Avengers, and then yeah. he just runs off, you know, totally. <laughs> like, uh, it just becomes like a, a like a cartoony bad guy, you know, that like he'd be at the start of the next Captain America movie, the way Crossbones was, right? Like, I hope they don't do that route with Zemo. I agree. Um, I could see them go that route with Zemo, but I, I hope that they really keep him as this more methodical, uh, playing chess type deal of a villain, um, uh, because. Honestly, the entire time there was action breaking out in this episode, I thought he was going to run away. I was really surprised in the end when he pulled up with the car. I was like, oh, okay. I did too. Yeah. Thought you were going to dip out of here, but cool. Yeah, it it seems like his, uh, the ends haven't necessarily been met yet with, uh, with his needs. So he still needs Bucky and Sam to, uh, help him out. Yeah. And I like that you phrase it that way too, because I definitely get the vibe of like, if he wanted to, I'm sure he could get away out of this. Like he needs totally. them, right? I like that. Yeah, um, man. I, the, I think the standout part. There's well, there's a couple. The thing at the end, which we will talk about, but the the jailbreak sequence, I really enjoyed because it, it was one of those things where Bucky's talking about it as, "Oh, we need to do this." Where yeah. in actuality, it's happening right now. And we're getting him explaining it. And then Sam's like, no, nah, we can't do that. And then Zemo just pops out. He's like, what? And uh, I, I I, thought it was shot well. And I loved the sequence of, of Zemo escaping. And um, I, I particularly liked how there's, uh, there's an obvious rift between Sam and Bucky, which we saw last episode. Um, but it's becoming more tangible with Bucky just sort of 
breaking away from Sam and doing things on his own and mm-hmm. Sam just having to go along with it because they're already at the point now where they're uh, <laughs> acting out of pocket and acting illegally. So they just kind of have mm-hmm. to go with it. And I think that was really cool. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this either last week or the week before, but I really love uh, Bucky like more than I ever have, I think, because I think he's such an interesting character arc to like have here or archetype because like he's he is like he's not afraid to be like yeah i've done illegal stuff you know like i know i I was pardoned but i'll do it again you know i know how easy it is like i i really appreciate that i think that's fun um it works here because it it, like it, it feels like these two characters of sam and bucky are both like characters who were sort of like they got hired at the same time almost and they were like in training for the same amount of time and then like they both grew into their own sort of approaches but they're still like on parody. Um, I, I really, really like that about their dynamic and having Bucky be the one who's like, hey, so yeah, I did this, <laughs> like uh, was really great. And again, Anthony Mackie in this episode, I thought was great uh, the way he was sort of like, it felt like Zemo was kind of, the main character of the episode to a certain extent, but like just, I th- I still think Anthony Mackie is filling in that like leading man, next Captain America character feeling of, you know, the, the direction of the show really well, um, asking the right questions. Uh, I thought it was great when he was like, also where the hell are we like in the garage? Cause like, yeah, <laughs> I was expecting them to then to like address that before Bucky went off on his whole tangent and like right when I questioned it, Sam questioned it. So, um, yeah, he did a great job this episode too. I thought. Uh, how do you feel about um, Sharon Carter coming back? I think it's the first time since Civil War we've seen her. Yeah, I like that she's bitter because she totally. should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, I w- I was worried that Sharon and we could absolutely still get to this point. I was worried Sharon was just going to be like Bucky needs a girlfriend, but I I think like the way we introduce her in this episode, I think is very strong. Um, it, it gives her a good update. I think we get more of a sense of her character than we have in the past. So like, I, I really felt for her here and I thought she did a great job. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with your point where, um, I really hope she doesn't end up being, uh, that shoehorned romance role, which she kind of already was in civil war, which, Mm -hmm they quickly backtracked from because uh, no one liked yeah. that and it was very weird in general but um if we do need to fill that role for bucky which i don't think we do i don't think we need shoehorned uh romances i think it'd be cool if he just went back and uh finished his round of battleship with that um that waitress that'd be nice she was she seemed yeah. very nice and delightful so that'd be cool um because i could see that happening where he gets his he goes back and um tells uh was it Yori that he, you know, mm-hmm. everything that happened and along those lines, he does that too. So maybe we could do that uh, if you need to. Yeah. But Sharon, and you know, yeah, go for it. Marvel Studios, they have not, they've kicked around the idea of having a, an old frozen hundred year old man falling in love with a waitress and staying in modern day because we almost got Chris Evans and Ashley Johnson as like a, yeah. a thing in the MCU. You're right. You're right. They could finally achieve that goal. Um, but with with Sharon, I they I I would much rather them just have um, her just be an independent person. Like to do that again with a character that I I felt like she was 
interesting in her role in Winter Soldier and Civil War was in a, like a support role to Captain America. And then they just took her and put her in that direction with Cap, which I don't think anyone liked. I would hate to see them do that again with uh, with Sam, uh, or excuse me, with um, with Bucky. Yeah, and did you expect them to like address the fact that Cap left and remarried or went back in time and married her aunt? Um, there might be a line coming up, but in in practicality, they only shared a kiss, and I know in movies. Yeah that means more than it actually does in real life um but yeah it might just be like hey we just smooched that one time that was really Mm -hmm. pretty much it and uh i think that's how the mcu is treating that and honestly that's just how people should treat something like that that's really kind of all it was um Mm -hmm. so yeah maybe there is a funny line like hey uh, you had the hots for cap she's like who wouldn't (laughs) but that was kind (laughs) of it sure um also, I thought she had, you know, Bucky's uh, fight. In the, oh, I'll get to that in a second. But uh, I thought her action fight was very well done, like you were mentioning earlier. Uh, surprisingly graphic, that entire sequence at the, yeah. the docks. Yeah, she threw a pole at Was it her or maybe Zemo threw a pole at no, someone? Yeah, Bucky threw a pole and it pinned someone through their shoulder. Yeah. To, uh, to a, like a shipping crate. I was very surprised. And Sharon had some um some pretty brutal kills as well like i like how they don't shy away from the characters we know and love like straight up just killing people because they're bad Mm -hmm. people captain america was wielding guns in multiple mcu movies because that's just kind of he was put in that position where he kind of had to do that and sharon was in this like life and death position as well and yeah she was she was taking down some people pretty uh pretty brutally that i (laughs) love i love that dude turning around the shipping container very slowly and she just pops them. She was just standing yeah. there. She doesn't do anything mm-hmm. special. Um, I, yeah, that was a great sequence, I thought. I think, um, you know, similar, again, Winter Soldier, uh, Civil War also, I think, to a lesser extent, uh, I thought they shot action very well with their non-hero characters. Like, I, I'm throwing Cap into that bundle, you know, not like fantastical heroes. Um, but yeah, that entire set piece was uh, well shot and it was getting back to that fighting style i like from winter soldier of course but a lot of knife kills uh the, yeah. that one knife that like went in the dude's arm right yep. like and he pulled it out yeah like i was like okay disney plus okay yeah, seriously. <laughs> and, and this isn't like you know it's not like daredevil levels but still it was like kind of surprising to me and, yeah um, totally also the one i loved was um i think she like grabbed somebody's arm and like twirled them oh, like in a 360 around her body so then they were like on the other side of the shipping container so we couldn't see them then she did a headshot and then they fell yeah that was a cool one Some, i like yeah. that that was a great sequence i i really enjoyed it but um i i brought up uh bucky's fight in the bar uh we we kind of glanced over that as well but i love that because zemo was talking about um you know, that little bit of the Winter Soldier that's still inside Bucky. Uh, I love that we got the Winter Soldier theme again Yeah, when he was doing that fight. Yeah, we got the Winter Soldier theme, and I think we also got, uh, like, the Zemo theme when he popped up. I, I love the MCU's at the point now where it does have those recognizable themes that they could just mm-hmm. bring back and forth uh, when applicable, and they used them, I think, very well in this episode. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, I mean, do you want to talk about the scientists at all? Uh, sure. I thought, um, I was kind of distracted. I don't want to be like mean or anything. Um, but I was very distracted by his acting. Uh, I was like, this, this this seems a little, it seems a little out there. Um, maybe that was just me, but he he didn't quite sound like the person, uh, a kind of person we would see in the MCU. Maybe that's because he's only in one scene, but I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, you're not you're not alone here because you know what the only thing I could think of when I first heard uh, him speak was sure. uh, Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor. Oh my god, dude! Me too. <laughs> Immediate thought when I heard that. Yes. Ugh. That's all I saw. You're right. You're you're one hundred percent right. I think I was thinking that like during the episode and I totally forgot about that yeah you're you nailed it he was just he stuck out and um I don't want to say a man I'm glad that the man is dead in the continuity of the MCU but I'm, I'm glad we won't see him again certainly mm-hmm. glad about that sure uh he, he was basically just an exposition dump from that character um I think he extracted from the important part was he extracted the like serum from uh I'm forgetting the character's name. Isaiah. Isaiah, yes. Isaiah's blood and was able to synthesize a... Uh, look at all these these scientific words I'm saying, Christian. This is great. Oh, yeah, um, He's able to synthesize a... Uh, Got a degree. Yeah, not in science. It's the serum, like the super soldier serum. Um, and that's now... I think there was like 20 vials and that's how um, they're, you know, out and about now these days. And that's how it happened. And presumably now that his lab is done... There's only a finite amount of super serum soldier, a super soldier serum left in the world. Yes. So I believe we got 12 vials kicking around still because yeah. at least the number we know is eight because mm-hmm. of the, the recon and uh, her name's not Erica. I don't want to keep calling her Enfys Nest. What's her real name in the uh, show? Uh, yeah, you got me. <laughs> you got me. I don't Montague, know. Is her last name Montague? Mo- Montague, I... Mm. No, Morgenthal? Morgenthal. Morgenthal. Katie. Kelly. Katie. <laughs> Kelly. Enfys Nest uh, <laughs> mentions that um, the power broker has to come to them now because uh, they st- they have all that's left of the serum. Uh, the scientist is dead, so he can't make more. They are all that's left uh, for what they have, right? So clearly there are still some vials kicking around. Um, I still believe that John Walker wants a vial of serum pretty bad totally uh, carly morgenthal carly thank you with a k carly and an I. um but yeah i uh do, i imagine that that's gonna be a pretty big finale moment you know especially because this uh scientist was talking about how like oh we don't need the the machines that erskine had to use the the you know wiping out new york's power grid like and he's saying it's subtle, so it's not going to be a huge physical difference. Like Anthony Mackie's already buff. Do you? Th- I really think there's maybe a potential for like something to be said about Sam making the choice to accept the responsibilities and downsides of the role of Captain America, and also, unlike it was like forced on Isaiah, but like Sam making the choice to accept that. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff you can mine out of that, and I, I think by the end of the show. I'm really feeling it now. I think that he's going to end up taking the serum. I think they could handle it in either direction very well. 
it could be a situation of John Walker accepting the role and wanting the serum to be Captain America and Sam saying, Captain America isn't about the serum. It's not about the strength. It's not about X, Y, and Z. It's about being a symbol and everything that encompasses beyond the physical attributes. Um, I think that could be a really interesting way of tackling it. They could also just, Sam being like, could essentially just be like, I need to, like what you're saying, accept this role and there are going to be threats that require the amount of strength that we've seen with Thanos and X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. Sam being like, I don't want to do this, but I think it's necessary. And yes, I'm going to accept the uh, serum. I think either way I'd be totally fine with. Um, they would just have to sort of maneuver it in a uh, compelling way, which I think they will. Agreed. Um, another scene I really liked, like I do think there was a lot of really strong character stuff in this episode. Um on the second time we're on the plane, after the whole shebang goes down, we have uh, Bucky talking to Sam about the shield again. And Bucky's basically saying, like, hey, if you don't want to be the next Cap, I'm going to take the shield from this dude, and I will be that. Because there, it's bigger than me. Like, I really liked that a lot from Bucky there. Didn't he say he would destroy it? Sam said he'd destroy it. I think Bucky oh, said okay. that. I, I think the way it was phrased was, like, Sam was like, "Hey, I I should have destroyed it. I don't. I shouldn't have given it back." And then Bucky was like, uh, "This means m- so much to so many people. There's so much meaning here, in, like, and it means a lot to me too. And there's a responsibility there. If you don't take up the shield, I think I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, "Hey, if you don't do this, I'm gonna go take it back from that guy, and I'll do it." Yeah. So. Um, I th- I think before they announced the show, I was re- and before Endgame definitely, I was really interested to see like when Chris Evans was done with this, if they would hand that role to Sebastian Stan, because I think that would have been a really interesting um, idea for someone who was like this hitman and had all this like uh, all this trauma that he has to deal with and all this immense guilt, um, and Cap giving the shield to his best friend and saying like, look, I know. This is in your past, but you have like a new future that you could chart with with this with being the symbol. Um, obviously, I like the direct uh, much better. I like the direction that they're going with Sam taking that. But there was that avenue back in like I don't know 2017, 2018, where they could have done that with with Bucky, and that would have been. I think that could have been an interesting uh, take on the character. But yeah, we're we're not getting that. But I do like how Bucky acknowledges that could have been me, or not not necessarily that could have been me, but. Um, this symbol is important, like what you said, and someone needs to take it. Yeah, because I remember back in 2014, I remember there was like the trailer for the Winter Soldier where those who knew about Bucky, uh, they showed the Winter Soldier holding the yeah. shield like right. in that fight. And then ever since then, people were like, oh, it's they're playing the seeds. Bucky's going to be Cap eventually. But I personally, I don't like... I like the idea of Sam Wilson being Captain America more. I feel like I always have. Because um, I think Bucky's an interesting character you can mine on his own. Um, and I think clearly the show's doing that. We didn't get much of it this episode with him sort of dealing with the repercussions of the Winter Soldier. But uh, I, I do think that Bucky has a lot of potential still to be a great character moving forward. And I don't think he needs to have the shield to do that. But like you said, him acknowledging that... And sort of like just vocalizing that in universe of like, hey, if I need to do it, I will do it if you don't want to do it. Because um, I, I think clearly like, you know, 
half of Bucky's like personality and life is tied to the idea of Captain America. So I, I really liked that they at least shouted that out, even though I know it's not going to happen and I'm glad it's not happening. It was a cool moment. Um, quick note about the format of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I love week by week format. I think I always have, but I think this show, unlike WandaVision is, ve- I know people don't like comparisons to WandaVision, whatever, I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> this is very much feels like a six hour project that just so happens to be broken up episode by episode. Whereas WandaVision was each episode was a very specific episode and it was centralized in that 30 minute chunk. And I think the reason I wasn't so hot on this episode, I still really like it and really enjoy it. It's not going to be a standout episode to me. I don't think, um, is because it feels like we're in the middle of the six hour run of a project that just so happens to be um, episodic, right? And I'm glad that they're doing week by week. I like popping in every Friday morning uh, to avoid Twitter <laughs> and mm-hmm. just seeing what's going on uh, in this particular week. And I, I like having it doled out in doses. But I do think this show probably could have just been, hey, it's out, it's episodic, it's six hours. Um, you can watch it all now. Um, again, I'm glad they didn't do that, but... It does feel like that sort of a project to me. Yeah, that was something I wanted to touch on too. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying about the differences between WandaVision. Um, I'll also add that I was watching this show, right? And I really, really loved this episode because I was like, I was watching, I was just thinking like, this is like when I was really in on reading comics like a summer or two ago, like, this is that feeling of like waiting a week and like picking up what's next and continuing the story. Like, and the fact that it's the actors we've known for the past decade doing this on this scale, like I really, at the end of the episode, I was like, how am I going to feel when I walk out of a movie theater after black widow? And that's it. That's just the black widow story. Like, I really, really think, and we've talked about this, the MCU just being a big television show, right? Like, the format of comic books and comic book characters and the types of stories you can tell in them, I think is so much better suited to, like, serialized storytelling. So, like, I really, and clearly, like, they don't lose anything, because this feels like it could be a movie. I really think that, like, if there's a future where the MCU is you know, every month it's a four to five hour movie. And then maybe once a year or every other year, we get a big Avengers movie in theaters. I don't know if I would hate that. I think that might be honestly a good evolution for the type of storytelling the MCU does. Cause I'm loving it personally. I think if it fits for the project, then by all means, and I, my faith is in Marvel studios wholeheartedly at this point, they have, they have taken like a decade plus to prove to me that they know what they're doing and I'm going to watch whatever they put out, however they put out. Um, I'm glad that this is a TV show. Um, and I think it was obviously specifically suited for a show. Uh, I do like the idea of them having different avenues to release their projects. Like if they want to release a black widow movie as a movie, then go for it. Um, if they want to release, they won't, and they shouldn't probably. A sequel to WandaVision as a TV show, go for it. Or whatever 
project they want to do the Hawkeye series as a TV show, go for it. Um, just for me, I think this particular project seems more like a six hour chunk of a project rather than specifically released episodes that are all contained within themselves. Um, I know WandaVision is a very specific example of that because it's doing a very specific thing with its episodes. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think we're just at the point in this particular six episode run where we're kind of in the middle of it right now. And there is that point in the middle of movies where it's like, okay, we're getting somewhere and we're sort of building up to what's happening in the third act. Right. Um, and we're kind of there right now. So for me, that sort of stuck out, uh, not in too negative a way. I still really enjoyed myself with this episode, but that's sort of what I am thinking about that. Yeah, sure. And I, I think we might get into a position where in with future films, uh, now that we do have this option on the table, I, I think it's going to be a much more frequent talking point of like, oh, I wish this was a show instead. I, I think that there's potential for that now, um, just with the types of stories they're telling. Um, so I, I'm curious. Again, I think Black Widow is the one I'm really focused on because if it's like a spy story, I feel like spy stories are good if you let them breathe a little bit. So like, we'll see. Um, but definitely something like an Eternals or a Doctor Strange, I think, you know, that spectacle can be, it makes too much sense. Like, of course you want to have that on a movie theater screen. And that's not to say that's something like Falcon and the Winter Soldier couldn't have been on screen or Black Widow shouldn't be on screen. But like, I, I think it's going to be a much more like central talking point moving forward of people pining for what it could have been if it was in the other format sure um at the end of the day i'm glad specifically that this is a tv show because i think we're getting way way more characterization in these two characters that we just haven't seen all that much of comparatively to like captain america for example and i think tv is a really great venue to really explore the minutiae of characters so in that regard very glad this is a tv show i wouldn't have wanted this as a movie um because like i said i just trust whatever marvel's doing but mm-hmm. um, if they release this all at once on a Friday, I think that might have this that might have served this particular show better. But who's to say? Hasn't uh, reached its end yet. But I'm just in the throes of it right now, where I'm like, okay, we're kind of just in the middle of it right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. So we do leave off on a pretty uh, unexpected note, yeah. right? Like um, we okay. I'm going to sound like an idiot here, okay? <laughs> okay. Now, I I remember, I think, in the original run, we had a conversation about these Spider-Man posters on, like, what part of the world this was from. Is Latvia a real place, or is that the Doctor Doom country? Okay, now that you said that, um, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> that's a real place. Um, Latvia is indeed is it- a country in Europe. Latveria? Is that Doctor Doom? Uh, that sounds more like a fake country. Sorry to anyone I who's think... from Latvia if that's a real country. No, no Latvia La- is uh, is a country on the Baltic Sea, which okay. I think Sam mentions. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, well, like I mean, like Sokovia is a thing yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like next to the Ukraine, right? Like it's. So I was curious. Uh, I saw Latvia. I was like, wait, are we about to drop like a Doctor Doom thing? Uh, out it was early in the morning i had not had my coffee yet 
I'm sorry. Latveria is the fake Doctor Doom country. You nailed it. Yes. After I said Latveria, I was like, wait, no, that's absolutely the right place. So not yet. But I mean, I know we're talking about this Madripoor thing. You get lots of X-Men ties, right? Like, what the hell's up with that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I uh, I was expecting that maybe we get a Victor Von Domashev. Wasn't that the fan stick guy's name? <laughs> I don't know. I never saw that. But uh, we did not see Doctor Doom. We saw a member of the Dora Milaje. Uh, Bucky saw one of the like Wakanda uh, bracelet beads that uh, they use for their technology just laying around for surveillance. And he found a little trail like he's uh, Hansel and Gretel. And then he finds a, a Wakandan soldier. Yeah, that was... You're, you're right. That was so surprising because you would expect... Uh, John Walker and Lamar, uh, forgetting his last name. Hoskins. Uh, yes, thank you. Lamar Hoskins were are, are basically trying to track Bucky and uh, Sam because they don't necessarily know what they're doing right now, and Bucky and Sam have better leads than they do. So I was expecting uh, the new cap, John Walker, to just be standing there at the end of the episode and be like, yeah, of course, they're following them. I have no clue what they're doing <laughs> with the Wakanda in – uh, involvement at all um i i truly don't know where this is going maybe they have a personal stake in zemo because uh, black panther obviously like helped well, obviously zemo killed their former black panther and their king um so i would maybe now think they probably want to uh arrest him or kill him or whatever they want to do with him punish him in some way um now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably where they're going. But yeah, didn't expect anyone from Wakanda to show up in this show. Yeah, that was super surprising. Um, I love that we're getting some Wakanda tie, and I love that it's Bucky that found it, and he's the one who knew because, like, I think we talk about it in this episode too. Like, I think uh, Sam brings it up to Bucky. Like, Bucky's like has a huge tie to Wakanda. Also, he spent a good number of years there right like at least a year or two like in recovery yeah therapy honestly for him like very therapeutic just chilling on a farm doing farm work being called the white wolf he he kind of retired there for a little bit right like yeah i i i think there's like definitely a huge tie to bucky's character in wakanda so the idea of him being the one who's going to be this intermediary when he's the one that broke zemo out of prison i think is going to be very interesting Mm. And um, like you said, I'm curious to see the involvement of Wakanda in the rest of the series. I- I'm wondering if it is just like a a bartering thing of we want Zemo in our jurisdiction for trial or something. But yeah, yeah I did not expect that at all for the show. And it makes total sense now that we're talking it through, because when I saw that person show up, I was like in with the Wakanda technology and the theme I think they had as well. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. what? Where, where are we going with this? But yeah, obviously, there's this is definitely, you said this is a sequel to The Winter Soldier in a lot of ways it is. And for me, I think I think of it more as a sequel to uh, Civil War. Obviously, it is like the logical continuation of the Captain America um, story, and it's the next sequel. But there's a like with Zemo and um, this, like the Super Soldier serums and like the Winter Soldier stuff going on. Um, there's a lot of uh, Civil War connections, and now obviously following up on the death of um, K- 
King to Chaka, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with the uh, Wakandan people. So yeah, this is a uh, it's really interesting. I was not expecting the show to deal with that really. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking forward to see the scale of the involvement. Maybe this is just you know planting a seed for like the the end of this series. Zemo is in Wakanda. You know, and then we'll touch on that maybe with um, the next Ryan Coogler project. But mm. yeah, that that's super cool, and I I hope that it, like I think it would be really cool if we got more uh, of like a, a stake in this series from Wakanda because they were really important in Infinity War, right? And obviously the the final battle of Endgame. But it would be nice to sort of like check the pulse. I feel like because we we travel around the globe constantly. So like you'd imagine at one point, especially after Black Panther, where um, T'Challa was like, hey, we want to get more involved with the rest of the world that like they'd be popping up more frequently. So I'm glad that is starting here. So, yeah, I agree. That's that's a really good point. We haven't really seen too much of that. Um, And it is it will be interesting now, especially after the blip and all the fallout with that, because, yeah, with Black Panther it was so close in proximity to uh, Infinity War and the the results of that movie. So we didn't necessarily get to see that, like what you were saying. So, yeah, it's cool. I, I, I love Wakanda. I love in any MCU project we go there to. That's a great that's a great visit, and I like going there. So um, I'm glad that that is being incorporated in the show. Yeah, it was a it, it really caught me off guard, and it was a super hype moment when I saw it happen. Totally. <laughs> um, now, I have one last question, uh, because we know, you know, WandaVision, every week to week, it was always like, oh, Mephisto, but <laughs> we got this power broker situation going on, nameless being, or faceless being, uh, is it a character we know, is it a character we should know, is it a character that everybody's gonna act like they know who they are once the reveal happens, and be like, <laughs> oh, of course, it's this character from the comics, right? Yeah. Like, we all know that. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Uh, um, that's a good point because they're purposely not showing him, or them rather. Um, and usually, I don't want to say usually, but sometimes we get it's the power broker, and they show like a a screened image of him, or like like a mugshot of him, or something, you know. And there it's like, oh, that's that's our dude. And I think last week I was trying to say who this character was because we were talking about the text message that uh carrie underwood got no what's her name carly morgenthal got and it was like you took what was mine and like i'm gonna kill you for it or something like that um Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure that was from the power broker now that i think that's what i was trying to explain it seems kind of like that's what that was and that's another example of not seeing the character but hearing from the character uh Mm -hmm. so it's very possible it could be someone we've seen in the mcu i don't know who that would be and Oh, now, hmm. We've seen one particular character deal with Super Serum Soldier in the MCU. And, uh, Ross? Yeah. Dude, what if this is setting up the Thunderbolts? I think that there was some speculation about that before the show started. Oh, man. Oh, that, man. We don't know what happened to ross after the blip and some people are speculating that maybe he was the president because <laughs> who knows 
Um, man, maybe it could be. It's we haven't seen the character, and I don't want to get my hype up, but maybe, just maybe Red, it is Red someone Hulk, we know. dude, Red Hulk. Yeah, bringing back. Isn't that actor coming back at some point? Oh wait, no. Red, I think is yeah, is Ross right? Yeah, I believe he's in a. I think he's in Black Widow, but um, yeah, dude, I I could definitely see that, especially if we got all these vials heading around. I think U.S. Agent at one point, uh, the other moniker for John Walker in the comics, I think he becomes a Thunderbolt. So, like, what if, dude? Explain the Thunderbolts to me. I. I, I've stopped watching new Rockstars videos because they, they don't ruin the shows for me or any of the projects, but I don't want to be spoiled by things I don't know about, and now I can expect them. I did hear them talk about, in the first episode, the Thunderbolts. I have no clue what that is. Can you explain that? So, to my knowledge, I have yet to read any Thunderbolts stuff, but I believe they are either anti-heroes or villains, they're basically the Suicide Squad, but like, gotcha. not as edgy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, if that makes sense. Um, it's like, it like it's a team of people who have done bad things. Like Ghost Rider's been on it. Like Hawkeye's been on it. I'm pretty sure. So like, it's people who can skirt the line, uh, and like, can be used as expendable. It's like the Expendables, maybe <laughs> if you want to do that. <laughs> Now that you're explaining it, that makes sense for this show because it that's that team seems like a get the job done, no questions asked. And we did see John Walker talk to Battlestar and was essentially like, Battlestar was like, aren't they going to question like how we got them? And John Walker was like, I mean, if we get the job done, they're not going to be asking the question of how we did it. So, teen, you're so right. Maybe teen it up. Like- because the thing is, we talked about it also, like, I, I feel like they're not setting John Walker up to be a villain. He's just right. kind of a shit dude. Yeah. We didn't, and like, we didn't talk about him too much. You're right. They, we got a little bit more with him this time. Of, of him yeah, being, like, think, a shitty reactionary person. Yeah, dude. When he got spit in his face, like, and he, he lunged immediately, I was like, if that happened to Cap, he would just, he would have wiped it off and just looked disappointed. Yeah. And then just, like, kept his cool, like oh man but it gave the don't you know who i am line yeah yeah god oh my god uh but yeah i could see i could totally see because we know hurt wants a team that he can not hurt uh ross wants (laughs) a team that he can just point at something and then shoot and then they do the job right like that's what he wanted the avengers to be with the sokovia accords Mm -hmm. and if john walker is like doesn't want to be Captain America or whatever ends up shaking out, right? But he's still a player if we get U.S. agent involved, like, and he's the spearhead of the Thunderbolts for Ross, who is, like, funding a government, like, organized group that we're in direct control of you. You're basically a SEAL team for us. I think that might be really interesting. I could see that happen because I don't think John Walker's going away. Uh, I don't just don't think he's gonna be Cap. Yeah, you know? uh, definitely not gonna be Cap. I can see him sticking around in some way or another. Um, in the same breath, I also kind of just hope that by the end of this, John Walker's like, you know what? I shouldn't have done this. I was in over my head. Uh, I'm clearly not cut out to be the symbol that people need. Um, like, I I hope I feel more empathetic to him 
rather than him not than him doubling down on being the person he already is and just going off mm-hmm. to the Thunderbolts. Um, so this is a possibility. This is a possibility because we haven't seen this mysterious power broker and could be someone we know. I, I actually do think it might be someone we know because they're going out of their way not to show this person. Yeah. And I, I think you're right to highlight Ross because there's only a handful of people that could be in that position that we haven't checked in on in a while and we probably know because again like the way it's being written you're you're right like that is how you write a reveal of someone we know like textbook almost yeah you know? exactly so uh we'll see uh i i guarantee you we got at least some prediction right on this week's discussion but uh we'll uh, check in next week and see what's going on but until then jack any final words on this episode of falcon uh, if not, where can everybody find you? Sure. Um, I like where the series is going. I think it's um, going along some lines where I, I sort of expected where we did get some sort of, yep, this is just MCU action kind of stuff. Um, some of it was good. Some of it was kind of, uh, you know, my eyes glazed over at, at certain par- parts. But, um, you know, the show's dealing with, with race and in some really interesting and important ways. Uh, I think we'll we'll continue to get more of that. Um it is introducing some uh, ways of tackling characters that I didn't expect with Zemo and now with Wakanda. Uh, so it it is continuing to surprise me as the MCU often does. And uh, I'm excited to see we're halfway there. We've reached the halfway point. So excited to see the latter half of the show now that we've sort of built everything. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on social media at Fascinated Jack. Uh, Christian and I have a podcast along with our friends Omar and Kevin. Uh, in which we're talking about Metal Gear Solid. We are finishing up Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, it will be available sometime in the future when you're listening to this. Uh, and uh, we've had some opinions about that game. Not game so, sucks. <laughs> not so positive ones. <laughs> not that it sucks, but it is... Uh, yeah, I know. It's not... We're not looking at it as fondly as some others do, so um, if you're interested in that, you can go check out The Long Play Club on youtube.com slash joeclicks or on podcast services what about you christian sure you can follow me on twitter twitch and tiktok at chun2d2 as well as what jack mentioned we have our other podcasts here on youtube.com slash if you're watching the video version of excelsior you're already there uh, if you want this show in audio format though you can check it out on apple podcasts spotify any podcast service of your choosing you look up excelsior you see excelsior marvel's avengers podcast you're looking at the right show if you enjoy the episode it would be greatly appreciated if you follow the show if you leave a review or give us a quick five star rating just a little quick tap tap makes it all good for us on the back end so we appreciate that very much and uh, if you want to support the shows further patreon.com slash at the one and five dollar tiers five dollar tiers gets you producer credit like chris sakas and aaron easton so thank you very much and uh that's gonna do it for this week with marvel so uh we will see what the future holds for marvel's avengers hopefully an update on some of that spring tachyon anomaly stuff in the coming week and uh, another episode of falcon but until then excelsior excelsior <laughs>